virtue. What comes to mind when you hear that word? One of my favorite definitions for virtue is a beneficial quality or power of a thing. We are all filled with our own virtues, personal strengths and power within us that are gifts given to us by God. The real magic happens when we recognize our virtues and become guardians of these virtues, using them for the good of others. Join me, your host, Elisa Lindsay Johnson, as I talk to amazing guardians of virtue who all have one thing in common, a desire to use their gifts for good. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, you are emboldened with your own virtues. Let us all strive to be guardians of virtue. Hey guys, what's up today? I am excited for today's podcast. I I guess I'm excited for every podcast. So I, <laughs> it's always funny when podcasters are like, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Or this is the most excited I've ever been on a podcast to talk to somebody or whatever. And then it's like, well, does it discount everybody else that you talk to? I don't know. But I am excited to talk about this topic that we're going to talk about today. So I have been reading these books by Melanie Sellier, and they're really interesting that they're retellings of specific fairy tales, and I just have loved them so much. Think about like Once Upon a Time style stories, but um, I actually like it better than the Once Upon a Time TV show. So, but let's back up for a minute because I forgot to tell you what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Because, you know, that's how I do things. We are going to talk about what it means to be a guardian of action. I have noticed in the world today that being a guardian of action um, has been... People, there, there are two... I feel like there are two types of people. There are the, the people that, that um, act and dream and do. And then there are the people that just aren't really motivated or... Um, or they're not drawn to act. Um, I think that an individual can be both at different points in their life. There have been times in my life where I have been a guardian of inaction and I've been more lazy and, or, you know, and then there's been times where I am a guardian of action. That's definitely more my being a guardian of action, but sometimes, you know, I think it's easy to fall in the trap of, well, not even the trap. Some days you need inactivity. You need, you need rest, but that's not the type of inaction I'm talking about. Rest is important and it's, and it's needed. It's part of what humans need to live, right? And so that's, that's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about the opposite of being a guardian of action, I mean, not acting on you know, what you think is right or your principles or something like on your dreams or your goals or all these things. Okay. So back to the stories. So I've been listening to these books by Melanie, Melanie Sellier. Um, it's the Four Kingdoms series. And now I'm into the Beyond the Four Kingdoms series. I've listened to this series before um, and I've recently started doing it because listening to it again because my daughter has gotten into them. And so it's really fun to listen to something or to read a book that my daughter, I love reading books that my children are reading so we can talk about them. And that's just a really fun part of being a mom. So 
in a specific story it's called a crown of snow and ice it's the retelling of the snow queen so think princess elsa that's i had never known what the snow queen was until frozen <laughs> uh the story in this is not the same as the disney telling retelling of of the snow queen but um what happens is this kingdom this whole kingdom is under an enchantment that the snow queen puts on them and what happens is it causes this this enchantment causes their 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 action their uh their desire to act and do to be frozen and so in the book that said that their hearts were frozen and so they just weren't motivated to do anything so gradually and gradually they were less motivated and less motivated to the point of um now this is going to be i guess a um spoiler alert <laughs> but they were so they got to the point where they weren't really even taking care of themselves and that's what the queen the snow queen wanted because she of course wanted to take over the kingdom and so she i won't tell you how it ends it does end positively i will tell you that much but it just made me think about our world today and the enchantment that we can find ourselves under and i wanted to talk about that and i think because of the enchantment it, it's caused us to be less of a guardian of action and more of a guardian of inaction and that enchantment that we've put on ourselves is technology now technology to me has so many good positive things it also has a bunch of negative things uh, for positive things um well let's talk about it for a second so in the fairy book world of this snow and ice this book uh, and this whole series that i'm reading the purpose there's a there's fairy godmothers the the world that they live in is is um, ruled by the high king and there are fairy godmothers that do the high king's bidding on like in the world so um it actually it's kind of fun because it you know the high king to me is heavenly father and jesus you know jesus christ working in tandem and then the fairy godmother could be like angels all right but anyways so the fairy godmothers do the work of the high king and they um they sometimes will use fairy godmother objects that's what this is called so like in the first very very first book in the series they um gave the queen a pea because it was the princess in a pea so the fairy godmother object was a pea um and so anyways in this in this fairy godmother or in this world where if there are fairy godmother objects sometimes the fairy godmother or the hope was for the fairy the intent for the object was to be used for good but if it was it was taken in the wrong hands if somebody bad got it then the fairy godmother the object would be tainted and then it wouldn't work right or like it would be used you know wrongly by by these people and so um and so it just have a negative impact instead of being for good and so i think i think of technology the same way it can be good it can be um something that we use for good things like um growing our income our, i've been amazed at the ability that people have to grow their income 
using technology through social media or through blogs or through all these things that that's something that wasn't really possible 20 30 years ago when i was a kid like uh social media wasn't really even wasn't a thing the internet was hardly a thing <laughs> right i think google was created when i was like i don't know five or something six i don't remember the date that google was created but anyways that is is something that's been amazing to witness people we there is a great amount of prosperity in our country that that didn't exist because technology has opened the door the internet has opened the door all these things have opened the door phones communication have opened the door for us to to prosper more um, one of my favorite things about technology is keeping families connected over long distances i have never lived close to my family my parents um since i left college it, We've, I've always lived far away and never within a driving distance until now. But some people wouldn't consider 18 hours of driving, driving distance, but um, it's cheaper than plane tickets. <laughs> Anyways, I, I would be so much more homesick and so much more sad if I couldn't call my mom whenever I wanted or if I couldn't Marco Polo with my sister or you know text pictures of my gar like my garden with my dad if he texts pictures of his garden or like workouts or whatever i wouldn't be able to do these things or like text my brothers that's the only way we really communicate is by texting and but like at least we can do that because none of us are big phone people like phone call people and so texting is a great way for that well that didn't exist 30 years ago 36 years ago when i was born and so technology is fantastic that way I, another thing i love about technology is that the amount of information that is available to us is amazing i love that i can go online and learn just about anything the gardening that i do if you follow me on instagram the fives and fives of you that are listening right now that follow me on instagram my fives and fives of followers i love gardening it is something that is a passion of mine and i am obsessed with my garden i will spend hours out there every day if i was allowed to but i'm not because i also have to take care of my house and my i gotta feed my family and stuff so gardening is something that i love and something that i try to do like an hour a day and so that's i tell people that at one point in time i had a black thumb i think everybody has a black thumb it's it's something that you learn and 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 you have to like grow through experience of doing and learning and researching and so i when we moved to south carolina i voraciously researched on the internet about gardening about the zone that we're in the client like the um what kind of plants do well in south carolina what kind of plants do poorly in south carolina what kind of soil do i have um when do i plant green beans when do i plant sugar snap peas how do i take care of tomatoes why are my tomatoes always dying and tomatoes do it's like a struggle every year to keep my tomatoes alive i don't think they like the humidity and the heat um which is interesting because they're summer crops but we love tomatoes, so we keep trying. <laughs> but anyways, I've done all that research by going online. 
I haven't gone to classes, which I probably could, but I would cheat skate. So I'm not going to pay for anything like that. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to. But anyways, so I do all the research online. It's a fantastic thing. Another one reason or another thing I think is so cool about technology is um, it has exponentially um, or it has made our ability to help other people grow exponentially. What example I'll use is um, somebody that I actually interviewed on here, Andre Polanski, who lives in Ukraine. He lives like on the border of Ukraine and, Ukraine and Russia, where like a lot of the war, like his city is, and a lot of it has been destroyed. And he helps people with food and clothes and all these things and he delivers them to these people in need and all of the food and clothing is donated by people and or like through through money and people are able to donate money and they've heard of him because of technology so things like that make it amazing my other favorite thing about technology is being able to spread the good news of the gospel of jesus christ i am love being able to be a missionary that way and so there are so many amazing things about technology and i'm grateful for it but uh also like i said with fairy 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 godmother objects if they got in the hands of the wrong person the magic could be twisted and cause awful things to happen when used and in our world i think we are all aware of the dangers that technology pose but sometimes it's really easy to fall in the traps of technology um it's really addicting i don't i'm sure that you guys have had experiences where you have sat and got on your phone whether it's for me it's instagram or pinterest for my husband it's sports news um for other people it's gaming you go on your phone and then like uh, two hours later, you're like, oh my goodness, is the time gone? I have so many things to do and now I have less time to do them, you know? And so it can be really addicting. And I think in this manner, we are being lulled to sleep, kind of like the people in the book I mentioned in the crown of snow and ice where they're lulled to, they're with this enchantment. They're just kind of slowly being lulled into inaction that's what technology do, does through this addiction um when i have never understood um the law of motion object stays like an object that is rest stays at rest more than i have with our technology world i feel like once we start like becoming addicted or get lulled to sleep through, through technology, it is really hard to like bounce back and start moving and acting. And it's easy to be sucked in again. I don't know how many times a day I get sucked back into Instagram. I have to be really careful and set boundaries around that to make sure it doesn't happen. But it's so easy. There are other ways um, that technology is not good. Um, crime, like human trafficking, uh, that is a big time crime that's happening throughout the entire world and the communication and the selling and all that sometimes is done online and or through phones or through people traveling on airplanes that's technology too and there are other things bra i could probably sit here and name tons and tons of things and you guys would agree with me that 
that all of that happens because of because of technology so it can also be a bad thing so because of technology and because it can lull us to sleep it can cause us to be guardians of inaction i'm gonna i'm gonna call it that where we where where objects that sit that are at rest and so we stay at rest we don't want to we don't want to clean our houses we don't want to do our work we don't want to do what's important or what we what we feel inspired to do or, or whatever because we are watching tv or we're on our phones like how many times have you wanted to just binge watch your favorite show like that's one of my favorite things to in fact yesterday i binge watched some psych so um because i wanted to be fair it was mother's day and i wanted to rest and hang out with my family so my oldest children watched it with me maybe that's not good i don't know <laughs> it is so funny though uh so what does it mean to be a guardian of action i'm you know that that's that's the goal here is to be a guardian of action, to be able to get out of the sleep that we're being lulled, we're being lulled to sleep by this technology, and we want to be able to. Uh, I'm not saying technology. Obviously, we're not saying technology is bad. I'm not even saying Instagram is bad. I'm just saying we need to work on being a guardian of action so we can pull ourselves out of the trance that sometimes we get into because of technology, so that we can still be objects of action just like we are objects of rest sometimes guardians of action so i want to illustrate what it means to be a guardian of action by talking about one of my favorite people this person is from the book of mormon and i will mention captain moroni later but this is not captain moroni <laughs> the person i'm talking about is found in the book of alma and it is a woman, it is one of the only women in the Book of Mormon who are specifically named. And she is one of my heroes. Her name is Abish. I don't know how you say it. Some people say Abish, some people say Abish. I say Abish because that's just how I've read it. But her story is really inspiring. So we learn of Abish when she um, notices she's, she's in this court with the king and queen of the Lamanites. Or yeah, and um, and she notices that that they're both laying on the ground with this guy Nephite named Ammon, and Ammon had taught the king about the gospel, and the king had laid prostrate on the ground because he was overcome by the spirit for three days, and the, and the the queen got Ammon and was like, dude, everyone's saying that my the king is dead. He's been dead for three days, like been asleep for three days. Everyone says he stinks, that he's dead, but I don't think he's dead. Can you please tell me what you think? So Ammon goes and finds him or goes to him and says, yeah, he's not dead. So the queen goes in and like, um, like helps or like wakes the king up or whatever. I might be telling this poorly, but the king wakes up. He tells about how he's been enlightened and like, and forgiven of his sins and all this stuff and then the queen is inspired feels the spirit and she lays prostrate on the ground the king lays prostrate on the ground and then ammon is so excited because the king and queen are changing ammon's ammon's sole desire is to bring the gospel of jesus christ to the lamanites and so the fact you know he's so overcome by 
by this excitement. So he's laying prostrate on the ground. So all these, the king, queen, Ammon are all laying prostrate on the ground and everybody's really scared. But Abish, who is a servant of the queen, notices or realizes what this is because of a dream or vision her father had years ago that, um, and that's where she gained her testimony of the gospel. And so she knew that, that this was of God. And so she decided to go and knock on all the doors of the people to share the good news, to, to share that, that um, the work of God has been wrought upon the king and queen. So she goes throughout the, the city and knocks on all the doors and to share the good news. And she um, eventually ends up back at the where the king and queen are. And people are getting really angry and they they think that Ammon has done something. This Nephite has done something to their king and queen. And one of them tries to actually kill Ammon while Ammon is laying prostrate on the ground. But he dies instantly because the Lord promised Ammon's father, King Mosiah, that he would be okay and wouldn't die while he's on this mission. And so the, the guy that tries to kill Ammon dies instantly and everybody gets scared. And then and Abish is just like almost drawn to tears because she's just so sad to see everybody angry and scared. And she goes and she like she grabs the queen's hand and lifts her up and she the queen wakes up. And I just think about what would happen if Abish hadn't done that, hadn't acted on the testimony that she had. And if she hadn't acted on the testimony that she had, she wouldn't have recognized. I think when you gain a testimony, it takes time. You have to nourish it, right? It's a seed. So the, when her father had this vision, she had years of, of nourishing the seed of her testimony and helping it grow into a tree. And so by the time that she saw all of this happen, she's able to recognize the spirit of God for, for what it was so that she could share with the people and, and help these people, help tons of people not be scared anymore and afraid and angry because of her testimony and because of, because she acted on it. And, and so she was able to bless all these people because she was a guardian of action. That's one of my favorite examples of, of someone being a guardian of action. Another a story from my own life. I, um, sometimes have, I am sometimes a guardian of action to excess. Is there such a thing? I do not know. But I like, I come up with an idea and I want to do it now. And then I need, I, be, I become obsessed and all the things. It's really hard for me to, I'm not a guardian of patience. It is something that I am working on. It is a challenge of mine. And someday maybe I'll become really good at that and I'm working on it. But I am a guardian of action. I love ideas. I love to create. I love to do. I love, love to, you know, just get things done. And so when we moved to South Carolina, we bought this house on a hillside and there was nothing. It was a new house. The landscaping wasn't done um, besides like the customary four plants in a tree in the front yard, right? The four plants along the porch with, with the one tree. And so I knew that I wanted a garden like the garden I experienced when I was a childhood or a child. My father is a gardener, and um, when I was a child, when I was a kid, we lived in two different houses. 
and in both houses he created this beautiful garden one of them was in like the des like the the high deserts of california it was breathtaking and i would i remember like taking a chair and going and sitting out on the like sitting in the chair on the grass in our in our home in lancaster california and reading and i just remember feeling extremely peaceful um and the same thing when whenever i would go uh my we moved to Corona, California, and um, my parents didn't do a lot. Well, I was only there for three years before I moved away. But um, my when I was going, when I knew I was going, probably going to marry Scott, my husband, um, I was home for Christmas, and I told my dad that I wanted a backyard reception, like I wanted a reception in our backyard, and so he better get to work to to. <laughs> to do whatever he wanted with the backyard. So it was nice and pretty for my reception. And so he actually landscaped the entire backyard for the reception and was able to get it done because theirs was a new house. And so they had a lot of work to do. And um, so from that time, from, from my wedding on, my parents' backyard was a refuge for me. And just, it was a very peaceful backyard. And so I knew when I moved to South Carolina and we bought our house and we had this beautiful large third acre to to create this garden I wanted to create a peaceful space for my children to be in just like me sorry I paused because I'm emotional um I want my children to be able to go outside and find solace just like I did just like I still do that's probably why I'm obsessed with gardening besides being obsessed with creating this magical experience for my children it's still where i can go and find solace it's still where i can go and 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 be um closer to my heavenly father than anywhere else besides the temple um it, being outside is is pretty miraculous anyways this is not about being a guardian of outside so maybe i'm waxing too eloquently or too much about this but um my de desire was to create this beautiful garden and uh we have in our backyard um so they literally like cut into this hill this hill for our house and so we have it we have a hill um so if we you go into our backyard and look you have if you follow me on instagram go find i have pictures of the hillside but if you go in the backyard we have a hill that goes up and then in the front yard a hill go that, like, that goes down to the street and so i um started dreaming and drawing up these pictures of what I wanted the backyard to look like, what I wanted the hillside to look like. And I knew I wanted to be able to get up to the top of the hill because we had we have a little section of woods up there and I wanted the children to be able to easily go up there and play. Um, and so I drew up these pictures of what I wanted and knew I wanted, I figured out I wanted to terrace it out so that we would have flat spaces for gardening because I wanted to be able to do vegetable gardening. I wanted to do, I wanted a pretty backyard. And so um, I drew, I drew the stream out when we first got our house and um, knew that the cost would be high and, and knew that the dream wouldn't happen for years and years and years. Like just, you know, we were we had just moved it just didn't feel like it was anytime soon and i was not happy with that idea of waiting for so long because i 
wanted to experience it now. <laughs> and so I um, prayed to figure out a way to make it happen. And I um, ended up joining this MLM that sold clothes. And I sold clothes for a year and a half out of my house. And then eventually I was pregnant with my son and um, decided to, to sell the clothes and leave the company. And I, in the process of selling everything, I had enough money to buy the materials so that we could build, so that we can build this house or build this garden, these garden terraces and put in stairs. And we also were able to put in a sprinkler system with grass so that my kids can play outside without it getting super muddy, without them getting super dirty and muddy and coming inside. So anyways, I was able to do all that and begin my dream of um, this peaceful retreat for me and my family. And so fast forward, it's been seven and a half years. I started a, a, another catalyst. Um, I teach piano for multiple reasons, one of them being because I think it's really important to teach the future generations piano. I think that it's becoming a dying art. Not as many people want to, to work to learn it. And so if I could do my part in, in imparting that wisdom to the future generation, I want to do that. And so um, that's my main primary reason for doing for teaching piano. But a nice side benefit of that is that I have extra cash to do what I want. And so of course, you know, I'm going to spend that money on plants. <laughs> oh, but I have so that's another way I've been able to be a guardian of action. And now I sit here and it's been seven and a half years since we bought this house. And it's become the garden that I've always wanted. And that's what happens when you are a guardian of action. Um, it does teach you patience. It does take you. And of course, my garden, there's still things I want to do with it. And there's still dreams that I have with it. But it's come a long way. And and so I am so grateful that I that I didn't let those dreams be set aside. And then I acted on them. And also that I followed the Heavenly Father's guidance with that. And so anyways, that was my big example for my life. Uh, there are other people that have been major guardians of action. One person I think of is Harriet Tubman. I mean, because of her, how many people were saved from, from the slave trade, right? Like that's a huge, massive work that she did. And she, she could have just, she could have just escaped and gone up north and just lived her life. And you know, made the kind of life that she wanted. But no, she 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 went back and back and back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to save as many people as she could. Captain Rona to me, um, I have to mention him because he's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. And he was a massive guardian of action. And because he was a massive guardian of action, he was able to protect his people. He was able to um fight fight the enemies with um you know in a really good or and he was just they were just able to to fight and he taught his people how to work hard and how to protect themselves and he kept adjusting the fortification fortifications until or and he never stopped he just kept adjusting them and adjusting adjusting them to protect his people he was a guardian of action thomas edison with the light bulb joseph smith 
um, he was a guardian of action because he didn't know what church to join. He didn't know what church was right. And so he knelt down and prayed as a 14-year-old to know. And Heavenly Father Jesus Christ appeared to him in answer to his prayers. And now we have this beautiful church that is a restored, the restored church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because a 14-year-old boy acted and kneeled. I just think that's amazing. So you have all these amazing examples of what it means to be a guardian of action. A guardian of action is a doer. A guardian of action doesn't sit around hoping life turns out the way they want. They do the work to make it happen. The guardian of action doesn't care what everyone else thinks. They don't. They stay in their own lane with their head down, doing what they know is right for them to get the things done. I think that's really important because if we watch what other people are doing, we can get discouraged. We can get distracted. Um, discouraged is probably the biggest one. We can compare. But we're we're us. They're them. Everyone wants something like different. Everybody has different goals. Everybody does things slightly different. So why would we compare what we're doing to other people? A guardian of action leads. I think that's really important. Um, all the people that I mentioned, Caperoni, Harry Tubman, Thomas Edison, Joseph Smith, they were all leaders. Uh, a guardian of action inspires action in others. I think if you're a true guardian of action, people and people see that they're going to want to be guardians of action too so how do we become a guardian of action i think we can become a guardian of action in these well to make it simple i think to be a guardian of action you simply choose to act and then just act like do the acting so that's a simple version but i'll i i'm going to give you five steps to becoming a guardian of action the first step is knowledge. You have to have knowledge in order to act. For my garden, I have, I had to have the knowledge to be able to know how to plant my plants so that they would live. Yes, I've killed a lot of plants. I have, I still do sometimes because I didn't do it right or just because the situation, the, the environment just didn't let them grow. But, um, I have had a lot of success, but it's only because I have I have done the work to gain the knowledge to make a pretty garden and to know what what pretty garden design is. I've, you know, my garden is inspired, like I'm inspired by gardens in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm inspired by Italian gardens. One thing that I that I've done in my garden is uh, long so and it's in, in Italy, they have those long, skinny Italian cypresses. There's beautiful and and oftentimes they'll have them in rows. Right. And they're just breathtaking. And so we can't really grow Italian cypress here. It's not the correct climate, but we have these plants called sky pencil hollies. And so I I use the sky pencil hollies like they use the Italian cypress. And so that kind of research happens. And, and you gain inspiration that way. And um, so knowledge, knowledge is really important. With Abish, the knowledge that she had gained over years of growing her testimony helped her act. Um, step number two is to recognize that there is a problem that, or that something needs to change or that you want something to change. We can't act if we don't know there's anything to act upon, right? Um, I don't. Sometimes I don't know if there's a problem th that there's a problem that needs to be solved. And so sometimes I need somebody to tell me about that. 
And, but once I, once I can recognize it, then it's easier to know that I need to act. Number three is to decide to act. I'm going to say that's number three because I think before you act, you have to decide to act. And sometimes that decision is quick. For me, that decision might be too quick sometimes. <laughs> I'll decide to act really quick and my husband's kind of like, whoa, hold on, we got to, we got to, we got to figure this out first. Let's not just go and buy all the plants right away. Like, what are we doing this for? Let's budget. Da, da, da. So you have to decide to act. With Abish, she decided to act by like seeing what happened and she decided she's going to help. Harry Tubman decided to act when she escaped, right? And when she went back to help more people escape from slavery. Number four is to create a plan. This one I do before and after I decide to act. I need a little bit of a plan before I decide to act. And and the plan also, I think, I say before I decide to act, but I think like it's in, it's it goes in stages, right? Like you can decide to act, but but you're not going to act right away because you need a plan. And so you don't act, but you have you start creating your plan. So the action comes with creating your plan. And then you decide to actually take the action and, and implement the plan. Um, going back to this, the hill, the, the hillside plan, the hillside action that I did. I needed to, I drew out my, I had a plan to act even before we had the money to make it happen. And so I had drawn out the plan on my paper of what I wanted my hill to look like. And then I had the, the next step to the plan was to find somebody or to find a way to make that income. So I sold clothes. Okay. And then the next step was to sell the business so that I could have, you know, all the income to be able to to do what I did to to create the stream of mine. And that was the, the plan. The, the That was part of the action and part of the plan, right? And then it, eventually we could do to the act, go to the actual next step, which is five, which is act. So acting on your plan, doing the thing that you had planned to do that you were thinking about doing that you had done all the research for, you gained your knowledge, you recognized the problem, you wanted to fix it. Which I guess recognizing a problem should really be first and then getting your knowledge and then and figure out you, how to fix it and, and know how to fix it and then decide or and then create a plan and then act. So to me, that's how you become a guardian of action. And I think it's a process that takes a lifetime to figure out. And um, it a lot, it's a cyclical process, I think, that keeps on happening throughout your life, right? There's always going to be a chance to act. We have an opportunity to act every single day of our lives and make goodness for that. I feel so blessed and so happy that that Heavenly Father has given us the gift to act. That's something that was in the plan from the very beginning when we were first created. We were, we were going to be blessed with this earth where we could act and gain wisdom. And it's such a blessing and such a gift to be able to make choices and to do and to become and being a guardian of action and striving to be a guardian of action is so so important so as i finish out this podcast episode about what it means to be a guardian of action i want to talk about jesus of course right i ask everybody the same two questions at the end of every podcast episode and so on these solo ones i still want to do the same thing 
And so I am going to talk about Jesus. Jesus in every way was a guardian of action. When I look at his life, obviously everything that he did was because he was a guardian of action. Uh, but the one I want to highlight, the story I want to highlight was when he became a, or was, was the, the, the original, the original act, the first step, the first, the first thing that, that he did that was really, truly part of his ministry that, that, you know, the first thing that witnessed that he was the Christ. And that's the, the miracle of turning the water into wine at the wedding in Cana. Cana, Cana, I don't know how to say that. He was prompted to ask by his mother. I think maybe that's why the story is on my mind because of Mother's Day. And that's such a precious Mother's Day story because he he wanted to make his mama happy. I think that's part of the reason why he did the miracle was because he honored his mom. He uh, he even was like, Mom, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm ready for this kind of thing. And, and she's like, no, I'm, you should do it. And so he... His first action was because his first action as the Messiah in his ministry was to to be obedient to his mom. I think that is awesome. So he was a guardian of action because he was obedient to his mom by doing and honoring his mom by doing this first beautiful miracle where he made a party even better because the wine was better tasting after it was changed from water to wine than the original stuff. So that's why I think Jesus is a guardian of action. There are so many other stories, but that one came to mind. Now, who do I think is a guardian of action? I'm cheating here, I suppose, because I have already talked about that <laughs> in before with um, Harriet Tubman and Thomas Jefferson, or Tom, nope, Thomas, nope, Edison. Why can't I think of, anyways, Edison and... Um, Joseph Smith and Captain Roni, those were all guardians of action. So who I, I wanted to come up with somebody maybe that I know. And so, um, a, I'm a Westover. That's my maiden name and a trait that me and some of my siblings share. I think it's a Westover trait is, um, being a, a guardian of action. So I think that. I'm going to highlight my brother, Trevor. My brother, Trevor, is just younger than me. I'm the oldest, and he comes next in line. And my brother is a dreamer like me in that um, we have dreams. Like, not like we have dreams that we sleep sleep at night and have dreams, but like dreamer meaning like we want things to happen in our lives, right? We have dreams for our lives. And um, my brother always has wanted dogs and horses <laughs> and he's the car guy and and he's been able to buy his dream car in his life at different like of course the car's changed but like he's been able to buy his dream car um dogs he's had a couple of dogs and and now after years and years and moving to texas and having the land he was he has a horse now but all of those things have happened because because of his research, he gained the knowledge. He recognized what he wanted. I guess that's what, instead of recognizing a problem, that should be number, that should be number one, is recognize what you want or why you should act. Gain the knowledge to get there. So he 
knew that he wanted a horse. So he spent years and years and years researching what it meant to own a horse. And then he uh, decided that he was going to be able to do it and created a plan with his wife to like figure out costs and all that stuff. And they found a horse and they acted on that goal last year to own a horse. So he has this horse and she is beautiful. And, um, but he does that in his whole life. He's always acted and, um, acted and, and done what he could to make his dreams happen while making sure that he followed the will of the Lord. I think that's really important as a guardian of action, um, or, and as a dreamer who acts and wants and does and, and dreams and works towards these goals, I think it's really important to include Heavenly Father in your dreams and goals because um, sometimes as a doer or an actor, you can get distracted or get too focused in and honed in on what you want to not recognize other things that are important. Or um, So it's important whatever you decide to act on to make sure that it's something Heavenly Father wants you to do. Um, because I'll tell you a story. This is what I'm finishing with. So um, I love making cinnamon rolls for people. That's one of my favorite things to do. I, um, not to toot my own horn, but I've learned how to make really good cinnamon rolls and have a reputation here for making really good cinnamon rolls. And um, in the last couple of weeks, I've been able to make them for a fundraiser for church and something else for church. And I was told multiple times that I should start this business of selling cinnamon rolls and um, which I have done a little thing like that in the past and I will make cinnamon rolls, cinnamon rolls for people when they ask but um and so anyways since these people have been asking like mentioned that I'm like oh maybe I should start a cinnamon roll business again that would be really awesome people want them and so maybe it could become a really like I'd make so many people happy you know maybe I can make more money so I can get more plants <laughs> And realize, you know, like thinking all of these things, being drawn into this idea and maybe considering action. And um, but as I've been thinking about it, the time and effort it would take to create a business like that, which would be a good it would be a good thing, not a bad thing. But it would take away from my family and all the things that are are important. And so um, I think that's really and that's something that Heavenly Father has helped me see. And like this podcast takes takes time and I can't take it. This is something I feel like I should do. So I shouldn't take away from doing this podcast. And if I were to start a new business, there's no way I could do both. Right. And so this podcast is I'm not making any money from it. So like it doesn't have that benefit necessarily. And I don't know if I ever want to, but um, it's what Heavenly Father wants me to do. And so. I think it's really important as a guardian of action to consider the will of God in your actions. And, and when you act with the blessing of Heavenly Father, like with Heavenly Father's blessing, then amazing things will happen and you'll be able to do more than you could have ever thought. And in, instead of 15 years, the 15 years you think it's going to take to build your dream terraces on the hillside, your dream garden, it'll only take you it took us five years. No, it didn't even take us five years. It took us three years to get to the point where we could build our our hillside terraces and seven and a half years to the point where I our garden is is 
a dream come true. And so um, when you include God in your actions, in your doing, and being a guardian of, of action, he will bless you in ways that you can never imagine. So I hope that after you listen to this, you will be inspired to act, to no longer be an object that stays at rest, to no longer be lulled to sleep by technology so that you can be a guardian of action and do the thing. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you walk away filled with strength and power, or dare I say, virtue, as you use your own gifts for good too. Podcasts live by the reviews that are written for them. Please leave a review and let me know what you think. I hope you all have a blessed day. Bye.